You are listening to episode 226 of Game Deflators Podcast. My name's John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody, here at the Game Deflators Podcast, we like to talk about games. We've recently picked up games we're currently playing, and we beat the biggest bats in this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. So this week we played a little bit of Eldest Souls on the PlayStation 5, a boss rush action Souls-like game. Uh, but better than Eldest Souls is Barry, who is on the podcast this week. Hey everybody, glad to be here once again. <laughs> Yay, Barry week. Barry. <laughs> Barry, it's always fun to have you on. Uh, we'll definitely be talking about some state of premium, your PS4 and PS5 releases. It'll be coming out pretty soon. Uh, but before we dive into that, of course, remind the folks who you are and where you're from. If they haven't heard you, it's going to be new to them. Yeah, sure. So uh, if, you, if you've heard me before on on uh, Game Deflators or any other podcast, it's great to hear you or talk to you again. And and hopefully you're not going crap. He's on here and turning off the episode. <laughs> and if you haven't heard uh, me before, my name is Barry Carenza. Uh, I am not only a game collector, game historian, uh, but on top of that, I work with NintendoFuse.com, do a podcast over there every other Monday. Um, I'm one of the founding members of Premium Edition Games, where we put out physical, high-quality physical releases of digital-only titles. You can go to PremiumEditionGames.com and check out what we have in stock as well as pre-orders right now. Thank you very much, sir. All right. Well, let's get started with our recent pickups and what we're currently playing. Ryan, I see you have NA noted here, so it'll just be Barry and I this week, it sounds like. Yeah, this uh, is a big, dull week for me. I haven't really played anything or bought anything. I honestly don't know what happened to this week, but it's already over. Yes, right there is. with you, man. Yeah, this week just kind of blew by. Like, I'm absolutely shocked. Uh, but uh, what was it? Sun Monday? Monday, I think I picked this up, which kind of shows how long ago that was for me or Tuesday. I don't remember. Uh, but either way, uh, right after work, I got a text from a guy that I bought a bunch of Xbox games and a bunch of X or Xbox 360 and Xbox One games from uh, probably about a month ago. And in my last conversation with him, I said, you know, hey, if you got anything else, because he said his son plays PS4 and other stuff. And he's like, oh, yeah, he plays Wii as well. Or he used to have a Wii console. And the game's around here somewhere. I said, all right, well, if you, you know, keep my information, if you come across them at any point, you know, let me know. So out of the blue, I get this message with a picture of a bunch of N64 games, Conker's Bad Fur Day, Yoshi's Story, um, Super Mario 64, everything just laid out. And a bunch of Xbox games and a bunch of GameCube games with two mystery boxes that did not have covers. I'm like, that's always fun, you know, when you're going to do a pickup. And he said, hey, do you have any interest? I said, yeah, sure. You know, what do you want for it? And he says, I don't know. He's like, just come on over here and we can go ahead and make an offer. I'm like, all right. So I'm looking at all the games. I said, you know, realistically, what are you looking at? And he says, I don't know, a dollar a game. I was like, I'm not going to give you a dollar a game. I said, so I'll total it up. I gave him two fifty a game. And I will tell you, a lot of the games that are on Xbox and GameCube are scratched. Uh, they do need to be buffed out. So it's going to increase the amount of money I'm putting out for each of those games. Uh, but still, I mean, those N64 games alone, quite a bit. 
just a conqueror's loan paid for everything. And, uh, I was happy with it. And, uh, I was like, all right, well, you know, Hey, this is great seeing you again. I actually, cause his son, uh, is actually a big Spider-Man fan. Apparently, um, son is autistic, 30 year old autistic guy still lives at home and whatnot. And, um, I had a, a Funko fabrication Spider-Man. It was new in box and, uh, I had it listed online. I was like, you know what? I'll take that down and I'll bring it to him. I remembered a kid you're, you know, not kid, but the guy likes Spider-Man. Uh, so I brought that for his son and he's like, oh, he's going to love this. Like absolutely love this. So cash everything. And he's like, you know what? I'll be in touch with you. I know the Wii games are in the garage here somewhere. And he's like, I also have a bunch of action figures as well that we're looking to get rid of. I don't know what these action figures are. I don't mess with action figures, but I'd be curious to see what it is. Uh, in addition to those Wii games, kind of go from there. But I mean, that- whenever anybody says we got action figures, you always cross your fingers and you're looking for Boba Fett, right? He, he said they're <laughs> here's Rocket the thing. He, Boba Fett. he said they're all sealed, though. They're unopened action figures. Oh. So, you know, we could be looking at Power Rangers, which oh. honestly might be pretty good. It's Power Rangers. I asked specifically if he had Ninja Turtles and he said no. I was like, well, damn, like that one. I, I would know. Right. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what it is. It might be like a bunch of McFarlane's that aren't worth anything. Now, now, John, you can't leave us hanging here. What were those mystery games with no covers? Don't worry, I was going to get to that. All right. Uh, so, uh, one of them was Mario Party Five. Very nice. Very nice, right? And the other one, Ryan is super excited about this. Ryan had uh, his new games resolution of the year was Pikmin, and I happened to go through the collection. We found that I didn't have Pikmin one. Well, now I do. So Ryan got Pikmin to be able to play out of that collection as well. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was a it was a great pickup i mean i would say a vast majority of titles i had already so that's always a good sign for me as far as in 64 is concerned xbox i didn't have a lot of titles so it was pretty cool i got the incredible hulk uh game on there an indiana jones game um trying to think what else a couple xbox only exclusives at the time and on the uh the gamecube i think x-men legends one and two are the ones i didn't have out of that collection those are good. Um, yeah, everything else I pretty much had. Oh, and uh, Mortal Kombat Shaolin Monks and um, Armageddon was also in that collection. So I kept both of those because I didn't have them yet. Uh, everything else, like I said, it's scratch, needs to be buffed out. So I'll be putting like an extra two, three bucks for a lot of those games to get them all cleaned up in the instance that they're heavier scratches. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, but that was my pickup this week. Um, oh, and I had one more. So uh, the next day, I was on Marketplace and this guy randomly put up a bunch of PS1 games. I was like, all right, let's see what this is. And it was a bunch of sports titles except FIFA 1996, which is like a $15, $16 sports title. Uh, Resident Evil 2, complete in box. And then he had a demo CD for Jade Cocoon in there as well, which is actually a, a pretty oddball uh, item. So I picked all that up for... 60 bucks and there were some other games that are like wrestling games and things of that nature but the important thing and the reason that this was actually a pretty big collection for me to pick up was the guy actually buys storage units and so he comes across these things all the time and he said hey if you're interested in this type of stuff let me take your number and i'll call you in the future whenever i have video games so he goes out he buys a storage unit oh john comes in with this guy that is just looking to quickly offload storage unit stuff and buying it up so just another connection for future uh, game collecting. So we'll see what happens. It's always nice when they actually call, you know, you get those repeats. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've got another guy that um, I'm pretty sure he's a crackhead 
Uh, but he, he also, he also buys storage units and I follow him on offer up. So whenever anything comes up, I'll message him. He hasn't messaged me in a while and he hasn't posted on offer up in a while either. So, uh, would not surprise me if he's, you know, on some sort of binge or if he's dead oh, or God. in jail. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Morbid really quickly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude. I mean, look, the guy was like tweaking when I went out there last time I, I picked up, I picked up parasite Eve two from him disc only for like $2. Wow. Like it was insane. Yeah. Like I, I used so, to have uh, a guy who did storage units and I was on his call list. That was his number one. And I would go over to his house and he'd show me all the stuff he got. Uh, it was nice for a while, but the problem with that is once you stop buying everything, they find somebody else. And he yeah. started being like, I want all, here's what I got. And I'm like, I don't need all this crap. And he's like, well, I want this much money for it. And I'm like, I don't need it. And your price is high. I don't want to buy it. And then suddenly he found someone else that would take it. And then they got the phone calls and I stopped getting the calls. So you yeah. got to watch about that. That's Oh, no, negative. no. I, <laughs> Dude, I already. Yeah, I know about that. Like I've had it in the past. And even this guy, like he messaged me and said, hey, I've got a bunch of Atari games. I'm like, oh, God, like I'm already trying to get rid of some of my Atari games. He had Mario Brothers and uh, Mario Brothers. I think he was like, yeah, I'll take 10 bucks. And then I saw it listed for 25 on his page. I'm like, OK. And he had like several like other Atari games. And I'm like, I, I need a bother. I'm like, I have all of those, you know, and, and obviously he'll go to somebody else or, or, you know, he'll list them and they'll sit and they'll sit and they'll sit and they'll sit and nobody will buy them. And he apparently runs uh, a business out of a flea market in Phoenix. So they're going to go to his flea market spot regardless. Um, I'm not too concerned of him calling other people, you know, for gaming stuff. Uh, but the fact that I am one of his now frequent buyers, according to him, uh, there is a chance for phone calls and such in the future. So, and if you stop getting them, just give a call every once in a while and go, "Hey, haven't heard from you in a while. Yeah, Anything good, no, dude? Dude, I'm right on it, man. <laughs> Don't worry. The the, <laughs> the crackhead is actually the the one that for sure. I was like, "Hey, you got anything new?" And he had messaged me about, "Oh yeah, I just got a bunch of loose games and I got N64 controllers and such." I'm like, "All right, I'll I'll meet you at whatever location." And I think I spent like 25 bucks of them that day and got a bulk of the stuff, you know, and I educated him on what was third party versus what was OEM. So he kind of <laughs> knew and uh, to kind of give my reasoning as to why I wasn't interested in certain games and whatnot. So, yeah, always fun. Um, as far as what I'm currently playing, I am continuing to grow the factory in Factorio. Uh, so we are playing that we're enjoying it. We are getting killed by aliens on a consistent basis, but we are also mining our uranium so we can make nuclear weapons to destroy all the aliens in the game. Uh, so I don't know, Barry, if you've played that one or not, but no, it's a blast. It's like SimCity meets Starcraft. Oh, nice. And like resource management. It's crazy. I like it. Uh, and that one's on PC. Uh, so the other game that I'm playing is Cardia. Um, that is my new game's resolution. And Ryan, I think I'm on chapter 14 last time I checked. Okay. On that. So chapter 14 out of 17 for the first half of the game. And then I'll be diving into the second half uh, to play that part of the story. And hopefully I can beat it. It's agonizing how long this game takes between scenes. I mean, it's easily ever, every chapter is like an hour wow. for sure. And if, if you're only getting like, and predominantly because of the battle, the battles that take so long, Barry, I mean, a tactical based RPG is already long mm -hmm. enough. And I, I was telling Ryan, like, the game for me is sitting at like a six out of 10. It's like an eight when it comes to the actual story. It's like a four when it comes to the battling. 
because of like just how gruelingly long it is. I mean, when why do I need to face 20 enemies to progress through the story in a tactical based RPG? It's it's baffling. It's just so much battle. And it's it's not like, oh, take out this one person. No, it's like take out all of the bugs, take out all of the thieves. And also take out the big baddie at the end. Or when you do have the big baddie at the end, it's like, well, we're going to surround you by like 30, 40 enemies. So you have to get through to be able to get to the end boss. And he's not moving an inch. So you have to battle your way through anyways. Or guess what? You're going to die if you're not strategic about it. So. No, I I hear you with that. I'm not a big strategy RPG guy, but I did do like Fire Emblem Engage. And the the main reason I was able to do Engage, because I like the story, is as the auto battle. And there were some battles where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to keep hitting auto battle and see if my guys can do it. And sometimes they got stupid. And I'm like, all right, no, hold on. Rewind and let's do this properly. But does this game have an auto battle to help or you have to do everything? No, oh, not even. God. Not only does it not have an auto battle, but it has a if you're one of your main characters, not your main character, but if any of your main characters dies in battle, there's no revive option. They're dead. Battle restarts, so you go right to the beginning of a battle. Now, the cool thing, though, is you could save in the middle of the battle. So that is kind of a benefit. If I'm like half asleep, I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to have to get through the rest of us. I could save it at that point. I can revisit the battle midway through, and we're all good. I don't miss anything in the story. I don't have to progress. Now, if I get past the battle, then it goes into story mode for however long. If I'm half asleep, that's an issue. Uh, And then I can save after the fact, but... Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. It's it's one to give a shot to. Like if if you've had your eye on it, I would definitely say play it through uh, just to get the experience and you know see what it's about. But I don't know if I can highly recommend it just based on that battling alone. You know, you reminded me, John. I did play some game this week actually. Oh, yeah, I played some more Brave Fencer Musashi. Oh, and nice. all right like i'm playing that uh emulated on the mini ps1 and i don't understand how people could actually play that game without save states like i'm abusing save states like crazy to get through it and like some of the platforming and stuff is just like infuriating like if you had to fall all the way down every time and climb your way back up i would have given up on this game like decades ago <laughs> <laughs> It is a tougher one for sure. Yeah. I never yeah. beat it when I tried it on the PS1 and it was, it yeah. was infuriating. Yeah. I just like had some of the, like I was doing this one boss battle this week and you only really get like one hit in on the guy per cycle. And he just does so much damage to you. I was just like, I'm not even gonna bother with this. Just brute force, save state. If I get damaged, just reset keep moving forward with like perfect health because it's like I've only got so many health items and I'm not going back to the town before the end of the game. So I got to just do what I can here. <laughs> oh, it's always fun to play games like that. Yeah. So happy would... I'm not playing it, but I want to. Yeah. Your, your frustration reminded me of my frustration. <laughs> oh, there we go. Uh, Barry, how about yourself this week? Um, so for pickups outside of the usual, you know, what comes out on Switch, which I get, uh, like we were talking before the show, you know, a lot of my focus has been uh, changed from what I used to do, like the the yard sales, the storage pickups, stuff like that. Uh, now I really try and get what I call museum pieces, pieces that 
pop up every so often, stuff that's just has a story, something unique, something different. Um, and uh, that's really where I, I put my money. And uh, I've been talking with this guy, and he had uh, some items. I was like, these are really cool. So we got to talking. And this, these are items that there is no price charter. There's no eBay. Uh, what he had was he had 35 millimeter film commercials for game stuff. Um, the oh. actual reels, some of them sealed, that were sent to publications, sent to movie theaters, sent to, you know, the commercial or TV studios to, to run different game ads. And they were, you know, from the 64 era, the, you know, 3DS, um, you, you know, N64, uh, even the Super Mario Brothers movie, the, the, the original 1993 one, uh, the, the actual trailer film, uh, nice. the 35 millimeter. So I'm like, these are really cool. These are something that, you know, you just don't see. So I was talking with him and I was like, you know, he, he wanted a lot for him. I was like, can I justify that? I got a kid on the way and everything like that. So we got to talking and we, we settled on a price that we both were happy with. And I picked up the entire lot and uh, they, they came in. So unfortunately they came in and they're just like wrapped in bubble wrap. And that's it as is. So I actually found some like plastic protectors for them, which I ordered and haven't come yet that I'm going to put them in that are made for 35 millimeter. Uh, and that way I could be like, here, check it out. <laughs> Because <laughs> I don't want anyone to touch them right now. It's just it's film, uh, so they're just kind of sitting. But uh, I thought that was kind of cool. Something you just don't see every day. And uh, what did he originally want for him? He wanted eight thousand dollars for the lot of four, fourteen or fourteen different ones. Jeez. Did you get the Smash Bros. commercial where everybody's uh, fighting in the suits? Uh, no, that would be cool. Uh, so I got Donkey Kong sixty four. I got Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. I got. Two different GameCube ones, uh, Game Boy Color, the black and white trailer, uh, Pokemon X and Y's trailer, New Super Mario Wii U trailer, two different Zelda Majora's Mask trailers. One that's called Boy, which is the live action one, and another one that's called Alone. But it do- this one is the big money one because it doesn't appear to be digitized at the moment. Ooh. So this one may never, you know, just we never it was never saved. Um, so I got to do some research into that and see about digitizing it. Um, but I'm not, I'm still leaving the bubble wrap right now until at least I get the paper, but that one's really cool. Um, if that's the case, you know, who knows how many copies of that exist, uh, the super Mario movie, like I mentioned, and then, uh, some PlayStation, uh, ones, one from 1998, uh, PS2 one called elevator, uh, and an Activision one that's labeled gun. Uh, if you digitize the Zelda one, I'm calling Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> DLC aid. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if that the protocol of these things normally is supposed to be thrown out or they're supposed to be sent back to Nintendo. I mean, there's yeah. you know, Sony ones, what Sony's doing with Activision stuff like that. But uh, it was really cool that he had them. And uh, yeah, I'm that's so different. Exactly. You it's, never really see something yeah. like that. And that's like, I mean, especially if it's, you know, something that you really like i mean majora's mask is an easy one to like latch on to and identify with like who knows what's in gun but yeah you know there could be cool stuff in there and like it's all about you know that preservation aspect that you're kind of going with you know like some of that is some real things that like not that many people have and it's good to know somebody you know who cares about it actually has their hands on it 
Well, that's just, that's why I call them like museum pieces. Like there's stuff that I want to put on display and, and, and look into. And I was thinking about getting a, like a little, um, like a cheap tablet and, and finding all the actual trailers for what they are and putting them on the tablet. So in display, it's like here you can oh, see them because yeah. I'm not going to get like a 35 millimeter real projector, projector yeah. to, to in the setup. But this way it's like, here's the digital versions of them, but actually have the actual reels on display but what if it's a nintendo branded 35 milliliter projector i don't 35 millimeter milliliter right there you go i don't i don't think there is such a thing but if there is such a thing then yes absolutely <laughs> absolutely and then you and then you play them all then, the time then i wouldn't play them all the time i would play them when people That's came true. over i wouldn't want it I'm to just, wear out was it was it the simpsons that had like it was a 35 millimeter reel and it like burned up or something yeah i yeah i just see like that happening to barry like oh check no. out all my nintendo videos and <laughs> so so yeah th that that was my major pickup it was just something really cool and again it's that's really where where I, my attention goes to the stuff that <clears throat> hey this doesn't come up often this is what i like to call rabbits you know it's like the yeah. time to shoot a rabbit is when you see it and that's those are what i like to tell my wife like these are rabbits like the time to go for this is now because if i don't get this there's probably not going to be another time or yeah. it's going to be years later what's well, i was with that um that big collection i bought god you you've seen it the one that was like nintendo games and super oh nintendo yeah that Genesis was awesome stacked right that was a big one but like i got that at like 50 or 60 60 percent of market value is what i got that at Exactly. still right but that's one of the situations is like man like do i want to put that money towards it i probably shouldn't but that's a lot of stuff and if i don't get it somebody else is going to get it act now you, now yeah. that that mentality if i don't get it someone else is going to get it is the most dangerous mentality when collecting yep. ever it's like if yep. you see something like on ebay that you're interested in and you're like maybe i don't know if that thought enters your mind that all it takes is one person out of the billion on this planet to say i want that too and click buy it now only one you lose out on it is a very very well, dangerous mentality. i i will say though i was in the middle of negotiating with this guy and i dropped him i dropped him down like twenty four hundred dollars so i mean it's one of those situations like I just dropped you like 50% of what you were asking overall here. And you're willing to make the deal right now. And he did seem kind of hesitant as well. And when I, well, even when I got there, he was like, man, I, oh, I really don't want to sell it for, you know, that much. I'm like, well, would you do this? And instead, like I lowered, I lowered him even more on the fly. And he was like, yeah, okay. Like I'll do that. Like, it seems like you'll appreciate the games and they're still upstairs. Obviously I haven't done anything with the most of them, but there's a lot of titles I didn't have. And it was nice to pick up that collection. And well, you know, the point of like somebody else will do it. We have a lot of people out here in Arizona that are doing game hunting. I mean, mm -hmm. more so than anywhere else I've lived. It's just come ridiculous. here. Come here. <laughs> oh, what in, in Jersey? Really? It's that bad. Oh, it's North, 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 uh, North Jersey. Yeah. It's right outside the city. It's tons. Of yeah. I, dude. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, Dude, I'll go into my Goodwill right around the corner. There's like four or five resellers that come in every single day right after me. The key thing is right after me. That's why I stopped doing a lot of that. Because I would go to garage sales and I would have people take games out of my hands. Literally just rip out of my hands. I had one estate sale where a guy tripped me going up the stairs to get to the games. I had one garage sale that I went to that there was all these people lined up. And she's the woman was like, 
nine o'clock is the start time. And it was like eight 30 and everyone's like waiting. And she's like, I'm not letting anyone in until nine o'clock. You might as well go. So I left, went to another sale with one of the people following me. I got to the sale, got a game. He left. I wound up going back to that sale. I was the only one to return. I returned at nine o'clock and I got all the games. She was like, thank you for coming back. I appreciate that. I said, I understand. And I'm sorry that everyone was hounding. I'm sorry if you felt I was hounding. Um, well, you know, so I, I went yard sale the other day and somebody had a, a GameCube and they had a Wii and a whole bunch of games. Right. And a guy had already beaten me to it. And I heard him make the offer of like 50 bucks for everything. I'm like, man, part of me wants to be like, I'll give you a hundred. But at the same time, I wouldn't want that yep. happening to me. Karma. Yeah. So it was like, no, I just got to let this At least go. you were there. I've gone to ones where the yard sale starts at 8.30 or 9. Like, say it starts at 9. I get there at like 8.30. I try to always be respectful of their time. And I see them setting up, so I ask. And they say, oh, someone came by at 6.30 this morning, rang the doorbell, and bought everything. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that's ridiculous. Like, I, that's why I'm like, I'm done. Like, yeah. whatever deal I'm going to get isn't worth my time, effort, aggravation. It used to be a fun thing for me. It's no longer fun. And, and mm -hmm. like, oh, look, I finally found a Wii game. Great. Like, I have the Wii set. I don't need another, you know, Hello Kitty well, on the Wii. Actually, those are kind of expensive. The but. Karma thing is, the Karma thing is a good point, actually. Because, like, the next day or, like, two days later, I picked up all those N64 games. You know, like, so, yeah, I missed out on that GameCube and, and whatever else was in there. And it was, like, a Mario DDR. That's the only thing I saw. I didn't see anything else. I don't know if anything else was good in there. Um, but that's all I saw. And 50 bucks and, and just know, you know what, it's not for me. I'm just going to go on. And then I get the call a couple days later and, and there you go. More games. So that's a very healthy attitude. Yeah, I feel so like it worked out. The sweet spot for collecting is like right in the middle, because if you're brand new to collecting, you know, you're going to go out and you're just going to find, you know, like maybe a couple things that are cool. But a lot of it is going to be kind of like some bulk stuff that maybe you're really not that interested in. And then on the other end. You've got it where you already have everything. Most of that stuff you're picking up, like John, you're just picking it up to flip and turn into other games that you can buy yourself online. But right in the middle is the part where you're like, okay, I want everything because yeah. I don't have it. And I'm not going to get rid of much of it either. Yep. You kind of have that like full on only collecting and acquiring phase in the middle you know what? That's when I was doing my garage selling. I would go out every weekend and I would just get bulk lots after bulk lots of PS2, a lot of PS2, you know, Wii, GameCube, PS1, N64, got tons, tons and tons and tons of it. And I, I most of it I needed or, you know, it was an upgrade to what I previously had, but I, I'm lazy. So I have, I still have boxes of the stuff that I got from them just sitting there. Like these are all doubles. These are ones I don't, you know. I don't need, but I'm just too lazy to list them online. <laughs> so yeah, I I am frequently, frequently listing online. I think I've got 70 items up right now. I've sold 90 something in the last 30 days. Really what I'm trying to do like at night is I'll just, I'll list four or five items, you know, and that's just what I do. Um, and then I'll get to my video games and there are things that I want to do, but I'm like, I have got to get rid of some of this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, listing locally as well, but dude, locally, like, I've got a, a 250 gig 360 uh, Elder Scrolls Morrowinds and a whole bunch of other titles that came out of that collection the other day. I've got it up for $100. First guy to message me says 50 bucks. I'm like, the Xbox alone, I could sell right now and make 50 bucks net. Like, 
are you kidding me? Like you never find, you never can sell things locally. Well, it's impossible. See now I can't get mad at that because I've done that too. That's, that's a strategy I've done. I always, I always shoot low. I always, yeah. whenever seeing, I go, okay, will you, well, I want to gauge what someone's parameters are. And there are plenty of times where I've shot low and they said, yes, sure. And I've, yeah. I've gotten. So because it's worked for me, I have done that. And if they say, if they don't respond, then I'm like, all right, that was too low. Or if they say no, then I would go, what about 75? Would you do that yeah. or something? And that's when I start the negotiation. And see, my thing is like the value of all of that was like 150. So I'm already $50 lower. But they don't know they, that you know, know that. That's true. Well, except for the fact that I mentioned that I know that, oh, <laughs> that well, this is valued at whatever. And I'm selling it for a hundred and they see, come okay. anyways, $50. Yeah. See, if you put that already, then that changes it. But a lot of times... They may not read that. They might just see the lot, see a hundred bucks, and just not read your description and just blindly yep. you do fifty. True, true. So yeah, there's always yeah, I get it. Sense. I get it. Um, it is what it is, you know. At that point, and that's <laughs> kind of why I sell exclusively on eBay at this point, because yeah, I just hate dealing with local. Now, occasionally you'll get a collector on local. Like I sold a a manual for uh, Batman and Robin oh, on the Super Nintendo to a guy. And he happened to want Marvel versus Capcom as well. And I gave him a good deal, you know, because he was willing to pay close to, you know, what I was wanting. And uh, and so I worked with him. But like other people are just like, yeah, I'll lowball you like 75 percent over like the actual value that you have noted here. It's ridiculous. Have you ever thought about like going to maybe like a local gaming store and seeing if they would do a trade? Uh, sometimes, but like because I kind of have my rule of like i won't pay any more than like 60 percent of something's retail value if i go to a game store oftentimes if i'm to go there they're going to give me 60 percent or less um so it's not like i'm i'm making, making anything, anything on it it's, yeah. yeah so it just doesn't work out i just meant like a one for one like some stores like like for uh, example gotcha. if if you have like you said mario party five like like if if you go to a store and they're like oh i have let's say little samson just obviously there's a big big game um it's harder for them to find a buyer for a big title like that like an expensive title versus sure. a lot of cheaper more desirable titles and i've seen people say like oh this thousand dollar game i'll trade it for six hundred dollars or seven hundred dollars worth of mario games because i they know they can move those mario games way easier um then they can move the big expensive thing yeah, that's, that's a good point super smart yeah and on top of that they on that in the example of a thousand dollar game they probably only have five six hundred dollars in it anyways Correct. plus the markup of whatever they're, yeah so they're kind of breaking even or splitting that up i get yeah that's a good point i should look in that so that especially if you have some really good good titles you can go in to a store and say look you have this would you accept a trade of these other games you're going to find buyers for these games way easier than you will for this one particular, you know, higher yeah. higher value game. The argument could be made that sometimes those games are sitting there though as pieces to draw in people True. as well. Absolutely. So that that also is part of that. Yeah. So you have to. That's that's where talking with the, the owners and getting to know them, making friends with them, because yeah. because I've done that before. Yeah. Well, I guess we had an impromptu discussion impromptu, topic there. Yeah. Um, um, I was going to say uh, just uh, you mentioned what are we playing. Um, I'm playing Octopath Traveler 2 right now. Trying Very to finish nice. it up before uh, Trails into Azor comes out on Tuesday. And uh, I don't know if you played the first Octopath or the second. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. 
I have the first one. I haven't played it yet. It is on the list. They, they've they improved a lot from the first one. The biggest complaint nice. that people have with the first one is that it's almost like eight RPGs. Because each of the eight characters have their own story. It's oh. they're, they're, you're, you're doing it all together, but oh, each okay. story is segmented. So you're, you're carrying the experience over. You're Think about like an open world RPG style, but oh, you go to this town. Oh, now you're picking this character's story and you're playing through that character. None of the other characters in your party appear outside of battle. It's just that character. Um, it's the same in Octopath 2, except they have... Uh, party dialogue like the the trails or the the tales of games so they'll talk to each other and then there's there's stories that combine multiple characters to uh to deal with situations and scenarios otherwise there is still kind of separate but the stories have an overarching narrative and and i believe it's going to lead to something bigger when i finish all eight i'm on number seven of eight now and i will say the stories do not pull punches like there's some villains in this that are just downright evil. Like, holy crap, I can't believe the Square... It's like Super Nintendo-era Square. Like, things like murdering children, brainwashing children, murdering murdering spouses, you know, killing fathers, you know, torturing people, tormenting people, jail, you know, like, like psychological. Oh my god, like, this, this is really deep stuff from Square. Uh, so if you if you haven't played it, you don't need to play the first one either. They're they're separate games, um, but it is so good. The battle system is so good. It's a mix of like Bravely Default with the break system, and the break system is just so genius. And the, like each character has unique abilities. And the first game had this too, and I love this. I wish more series did this where some characters can like you can grab NPCs just in town and bring them along to battle with you. Just like you're coming with me. Uh, you can interrogate them and find out what secret information they know, maybe about hidden items or or can tell you how to get a discount at the inn. You can steal items from them. Um, just literally, you could just walk up to an NPC and steal their items or you could barter for their items um, or there's different ways to, to do it. Um, it's just really cool. Like, I like the way they do it. And if, you, if you're in for a good, beautiful, you know, HD 2D RPG, highly, highly recommend Nice. Uh, that one is on my list, and uh, also in a similar type of fa- or similar type of game would be I Am Satsuna and Lost Sphere. Uh, yes. Those are also on my list. Yeah, I Am Satsuna was good. Yeah, very nice. Well, uh, let's dive into uh, State of Premium. We uh, we need to hear directly from the source <laughs> what's going on, what can people expect, and uh, yeah, I mean it's exciting stuff. We Ryan and I both watched the State of Pre- State of Premium from I think it was a week ago that you guys did it, maybe two, two weeks on the twenty second. Yep, twenty third. Yeah, twenty yeah, second was. Yeah, yeah. right yeah. on us, man. Well, yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed. Uh, that was a uh, that was a fun thing to uh, to put together. That it was actually uh, a lot of that was supposed to be in the fall direct, but we cut it out of the fall direct to make it its own thing. Uh, it was funny. Some people didn't know what it was going to be they're like oh is this just going to be like information and updates and i'm like no it's for playstation like they didn't get the joke i was going with with it uh and people like oh i get it now like oh yeah stay to play um but the uh yeah so we we announced no october last october we announced that we were going to playstation we're going to do some playstation stuff uh we finally revealed our first series of titles uh, so our first series of titles is three titles, but I have to actually 
put an asterisk now in that because something happened, um, which I'll talk about. So the first title is Phenotopia Awakening, which was uh, one of our darlings that we did on Switch back in Series 3. Uh, we're honored to be able to bring that to the PlayStation family. Uh, it's on PlayStation 4. We've got a lot of people saying, why aren't PlayStation 5? And the answer to that is the game's not on PlayStation 5. We're not porting it to PlayStation 5. We're just putting out the physical version of the, the version that exists on PlayStation 4. But good news, you can put that in your PlayStation 5 and play it. Um, <laughs> so that's the reason. But uh, we're, we're honored to be able to bring this out. This is just an absolute excellent action rpg it's like zelda 2 done right we've said it's it's like 80 hours it's it's an incredible incredible experience from cape cosmic uh this one's ported gorgeous by art. gorgeous oh it's it's become our darling like so many people see like three seconds of the trailer and they just throw money at us at shows like yep yep absolutely um so uh we're this one's out now for pre-order it's, it hasn't gone to production yet we're still seeing how many we're doing but one thing we're doing with playstation is we're only doing one version for right now and that's a steelbook we're doing a steelbook edition so each of these games comes in a beautiful steelbook with a o sleeve on the outside with the game art inside is the game on disc the full game as well as a full color manual our challenge card which is going to have like a metallic sheen like a foil as well as uh the soundtrack we're putting the soundtrack in in a dust sleeve inside we want to make it as you know premium as possible and what we're doing with the challenge cards uh with our switch versions we ask the developers to give us a challenge we put that on there you complete it we mail you the patch um with playstation it's the platinum trophy so if you get the platinum on the game which the developers have already put put out there um we will mail you a premium platinum trophy patch as our way of saying congratulations. So it's really, there's definitely a big group of trophy hunters. This gives you an extra incentive to go ahead and do that. Uh, the second title that will be going up uh, Monday, the, you know, in just a couple days from the time of this recording, uh, will be Music Racer Ultimate. And we're doing that on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Uh, it's a game I think a lot of people haven't heard of. This is an incredibly fun rhythm game and it's not racing as in racing other racers it's like think about a car on like a guitar rift or guitar hero and you have to go into the right lane to hit each of the notes uh the good news is that even if you miss notes the song doesn't stop so you can keep going and you can keep practicing it's got i think 27 or 30 tracks techno tracks on it that are really really cool but there's also a server you can connect to on the playstation versions of this game to download music that people upload as well as the ability to import your own music and the the tracks you get to pick a bunch of different things 14 different backgrounds for each of the tracks but then the track itself is actually done on the fly based on the music so you can put in your favorite song it's going to generate a track for that song and allow you to race in different modes. Like you could race with obstacles. You could race more Zen where there's no obstacles. Uh, really whatever you want to do. And there's a progression system. So as you earn points, the better you do, you get these points that you can not only unlock new backgrounds, but you could also unlock, unlock new cars. And there's a bunch of new cars. And there's a bunch of cars from other properties. So there's there's a, a light cycle from Tron, complete with the, the line. There's a DeLorean from Back to the Future. You know, there's Kit from Knight Rider, <laughs> you know, like there's a bunch of these really cool things they threw in there. Uh, it's a lot of fun. 
Uh, it's infinite replay because you can just keep putting your own music in. It looks, I'll tell you this, it looks great in PS uh, VR 2 because I was playing it on PS VR 2 in the cinema mode. It looks fantastic. Uh, just, so does your version have PS VR compatibility? There's no, there's no VR compatibility. It's cinema. It's the you can play any game in the VR. Okay. So it's not actually VR. It's just like a giant screen in front of you. It's called cinema mode. So you can play any game gotcha. that way. But when you nice. play it, it, like it looks really cool in the VR too. But it looks great on 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 the on the TV as well. And it does have haptic feedback on PS5. So as you hit the notes and stuff, like you feel it. It and as you get into that rhythm, yeah, it's really cool. Um, and then the third game is Rack and Ruin, which was part of our series four. This is a, an action-adventure, like a, a Link to the Past, but with the humor of Invader Zim, where you get to play the villain destroying the world and corrupting it and just having fun. And, and like all the, the temples and the, the castles or the dungeons, if you will, are actual like peaceful areas, and you're like barging in, destroying them, and they're just trying to stop <laughs> you, as opposed to like being the hero going in. Um, and I did mention there's little asterisks, and the reason for that is Rack and Ruin uh, was supposed to be out next week, um, but we actually had to put it on hold. And the reason we had to put it on hold is because it was brought to our attention that there is apparently a bug in the game, in the PlayStation version only, not the Switch version, only the PlayStation version. And the bug only affects a trophy. It doesn't affect the gameplay at all. It affects the trophy. Um, and because we're doing the patch, uh, we brought it to the attention and we said, we want to make sure this is the complete version properly done then the developer is going to be going back they, they can't do it instantly but they will be going back and patching it and once it's patched and done obviously it's going to affect the digital version so all the digital gamers will get that patch done for you you're welcome um and then that's the version when that's done we're going to put it up as a physical so we didn't want to release it take people's money find out about it afterwards have to reprint discs send it out all up we wanted to to catch this early and we want to be transparent we're doing this because we want to release a proper full product um so that's what we're doing and that's why there's been a little bit of a hold it's out of our hands but we are talking with the developer and we want to make sure that your guys everybody that is getting the best version that being said it doesn't affect the switch version at all because the switch doesn't have trophies and the switch version will be going will be actually getting in hand this next week uh so that will start shipping for those that pre-ordered and if you didn't they'll be going back on the website so you can grab the switch version of that so um nice. there's that little bit of caveat uh and then you mentioned of course our first series 2 playstation title bot gaiden uh really happy we working with east asia soft and sword swipe studios on this this game is oh it's so much fun it's mega man meets ninja gaiden in a, like a hand-drawn art style uh it's just it's cool because like Mega Man, each time you beat the boss, you don't get the weapon, but based on how fast you beat the level, you get a permanent upgrade. So if, if you beat it, like the slowest, you get an extra life. So instead of starting with three lives, you start with four. Um, and that's a permanent. So cool, you get an extra chance. But then as you uh, you beat it with a silver time and then a gold time, you get you can get like super overpowered, uh, which is a lot of fun. And there's different ways to do it. So the, the game is structured based on speed running. So uh, every time you get hit, you lose your power-ups, but you collect the power-ups in an order. And when you when you have all the power-ups, when you collect a new one, it gives you hyper speed, so you go through faster. 
because it uses not only are the the times important for you to get that gold medal to get the permanent upgrades, but when you start the level, the bosses start with a zero HP. And as you're racing oh. through the level, you see the boss's HP bar filling. So the faster you get to the boss, the easier the they faster. are to kill because they have less HP. So it's constantly sitting. And the slower it takes you, then the, the more HP they have. So it's constantly like you got to learn the levels. And every time you get hit, you power down. So you want to get better at the game so you don't power down. But there is a casual mode where even if you get hit, you don't lose power. So if you're like, oh, I'm not that good. You could play casual, get power ups, and then start getting faster and better times and stuff like that. Um, it is a lot of fun, and we're we're really excited to be bringing that to PlayStation 4 and 5 um, that is coming out in the next series, which will be later this year. That sounds Very awesome. Nice. And the trailer yeah. for that was like really like eye-catching. As soon as I saw it, I was like, whoa, <laughs> what is this? That's why we had to leave it as the one more thing. Yep, yep. The hype button. Gotta love it. <laughs> Gotta love that hype button. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks for the update, man. Uh, Definitely excited to see what y'all are putting out and uh, can't wait to see what Series 2 brings beyond uh, Bot Gaiden. We, we have, I'll say this, 2023 is already full. Like, we're still talking with developers, we're still meeting with developers, and we're talking 2024 games at this point because 2023 nice. is already full with, with so many great games. Uh, you know, and we, I will say we have, uh, it's being worked on right now, a, a new Premium Direct is coming soon. Um, so that will be out and that will be talking series six for switch. Uh, and got some really cool stuff in series six. Now I have a quick question yeah. and, uh, we can remove this if we need to afterwards, if, if it's something you don't want to answer, but, uh, when it comes to the titles and you mentioned, you know, bringing in titles into 2024 and <clears> such <throat> like talking about it right now, is there a reason that you guys aren't putting out more titles uh, during each of these directs? Is it more of a capacity issue? Is it more so wanting to ensure that certain titles are getting that love each season? That, what's kind of the reasoning behind that? That's a great question. And that is actually it. We we are going slow. And we always tell people we're going slow because we want quality over quantity. And we don't want to just regurgitate titles every week or every other week. Um, unless we we really shooting for it. and and we're, we're we're we switched our schedule our release schedule to being on an every other week with like this series as opposed to all at once uh because we noticed when we do all at once um some people will just come there and then they'll leave and we're like well not everybody can go that one day or they won't see so we want to and we it's also putting out two or three titles all at once uh it doesn't highlight them so by doing it like every other week like this series um we, we're doing playstation we, we talked about phenotopia we gave it some love. And now, you know, our marketing was about Phenotopia. And now our marketing is switching. Now, if you if you go to like our Twitter and stuff, we're, we're switching to Music Racer. We're talking about that because that's coming out next. And we're going to give that attention. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to do something all the time based on whatever we're putting out. And we want to give them that attention because th there's nothing worse than working your heart in your soul into a video game and then to get a physical is great but just to be put out there and then forgotten about or, or moved on or passed over like a, a blink or a snap and it's like wait a minute but my game is so good why aren't you talking about my game and we want to continue to talk about those games so we're we're also a smaller studio you know the so we we have a great number of designers but you also have to remember all of our releases aren't just i mean if we were just doing the disc or the cart with with an outer sleeve with with no inlay and that was it we could definitely go faster of course because that 
That takes no time. But we have to get art for the slipcovers. We have to write the manuals. Each of our manuals are 20 to 40 pages. We got to write the manuals. We got to do the challenge card. We got to figure out artwork for the patches and have the patches printed. We've, we've got the, the sleeve as well. We've got all these components coming from different fa uh, faculties being shipped in. Um, we want to take our time with it. We want to do it right. And our art isn't repeated. If our art was repeated, that'd be another way we could cheapen it out. But it's not. We get different artists for different, you know, different games. Uh, sometimes we use the art that's provided by the studio, which is great. That does help it out. But a lot of times we also get commissioned art. And then we, with Switch, like we do the retro box, which has extra stuff in it. And every game gets a retro. And we try and do cool things to make it, you know, fun for those that want to collect all of them. Again, different art. You know, and, and it's we, we usually try to do the CD, but then what else do we do? And it's different per game. And then we got like the keychain for Phenotopia. We got to source that. And we did a comic book for Rack and Ruin that's coming out. It's got an awesome comic book that the creator went back and did a new story for with Sean Daly, who did the music for Super Blood Hockey and the comic for Super Blood Hockey. We didn't have to go and do that, but we said, what would be really cool to add? So we wanted to do that. So... That's one of the reasons we go slow because we want to do really cool things. There's so many games out there. I mean, you could release a game every day right now and you still would have years worth of trying to release all the digital stuff because they're just constantly coming out. So we want to give each of the releases something special, the time, the attention. And, and we also don't want to overwhelm people's wallets because if you're there's so many full set collectors, I'm one of them. You know, and I know if you're a full set collector, especially a subset like all of a certain company, um, if you have releases every week, that hurts your wallet. I mean, there's no no way around it. So if it's like, oh, you have a release every other week, every, you know, every couple of months as a release um, or, or series of releases, it's a lot more digestible and you can budget it. And we're seeing people, you know, do that and they, they want to collect the set because of that, because it's not breaking the bank and it's, it's a little more predictable. And because we only release certain titles, like, you know, a, a, every year, you know that they're good because we have to curate every title. We turn down titles, you know, I hate doing it, but sometimes we have to turn down titles or pass or say, you know, maybe, maybe down the road. Um, but all the titles we release are titles we fall in love with as a team. We just play and we're like, oh my God, yes, we, we want to introduce this to the world. So if you're buying one of the titles, you know that it's been curated. It's been, you know, it's, it's hit our standard. Like, like the Nintendo seal of quality, they used to mean something. Uh, it's, that's the premium seal of quality that we were actually putting it out. Uh, and you know what? The, the thing that sucks is sometimes people say, oh, this game doesn't look good or this game isn't fun. And, uh, and always, not every game's for everybody, and that's unfortunate. But give every one of them a chance because you know we we saw people go like, "Oh, Rain Your Parade doesn't look like a like a, a modern or a retro game. It doesn't look like a Metroidvania." Well, it's not. It's like Katamari Damacy. It's a fun game where you get to be an asshole cloud. Give it a try. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, and then people try it and go, "Oh my god!" Like <laughs> I I shouldn't have shouldn't have said no to this. Like this is a, a great game. So. Well, and you know for someone who's 
<clears throat> those people have that mentality, right? On like, oh, well, it's just not a good game. Uh, some of the games that you guys actually put out, you know, because they are existing as digital copies, you can play demos of those games too. So you can you can check it out and see what it's all about, and then go ahead and support Premium Edition and the developer by buying a, oh, yeah. a physical copy. Yeah. So there's definitely ways around that. We we absolutely recommend uh, like a Wonderling DX is one that some people are like. Oh, it's an auto runner. That's like a mobile game, and it's like that's so deep. That game is so deep. There's so many levels. There's so much humor to it play the demo give it a try and all of our releases we try and make sure they're as complete as possible if not completely complete and thus far all of our releases have been complete with dlc whether it be paid or free we want to wait and we want to make sure that it's the most up-to-date we could possibly make it yep long live premium long live premium so uh, let's dive into a few topics here. Uh, first one, I mean, it'll be super, super quick. This is more of a PSA for everybody out there. Uh, Capcom right now is doing a sale for 3DS and Wii U games. Uh, they're available at just $2.99. It's their final eShop sale. So uh, Liam Doolin at Nintendo Life is the uh, the one that kind of covered this one. Uh, but just a few of the titles they have here. Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, uh, Older Phoenix Wright Games, Resident Evil Entries, uh, Street Fighter, all $2.99 U.S., uh, they've even got things in the Wii U eShop like DuckTales Remastered and Resident Evil Revelations going for this amount too. If you didn't get DuckTales Remastered, it's actually a fantastic game. At $2.99, you really can't beat it. So just a PSA out there, uh, you know, the store does close on March 27th. Uh, so take advantage of that while you can. I personally picked up Devil's Third, which is probably a terrible pickup, but it was worth picking up digitally so I could actually play it and keep my copy sealed. So something to keep in mind yeah there's so much 3ds stuff out there that i've never played or like i've never played a phoenix wright game like i should definitely pick up some of this stuff but i just like i already don't play my 3ds like why am i gonna pick up a bunch (laughs) of stuff for it like i'm sure that a lot of these yeah (laughs) i'm sure a lot of these are like games that you could probably get more modern like collections on on switch or something too so i mean do do what i'm doing people yeah. there's a think lot, about what you're gonna get there's yes, a lot of though. games on 3ds that are never gonna be re-released like you even mentioned phoenix right the first three phoenix right games are on switch but four five and six are not so uh-huh. they're still stuck on those systems. So when those and and not all of them have physicals. I think one of them doesn't even have a physical. So it's literally okay. locked to digital only. So there's so some when, you got to really act now. Maybe that's the thing. Target target the list. Go out and find out. You know, like what's a million bucks that you would never pay for a 3ds game twenty years down the road. Now get it now digital and hope your batteries don't die. <laughs> Love it. All right. So moving on to our next thing here is uh, Microsoft is confident it can get the call or get Call of Duty running on Nintendo Switch. This is Logan Plant at IGN uh, that brings us this one. And I mean, I just kind of have to laugh that this is just such big news. Like, yeah, we can definitely get Call of Duty running on the Switch. Like that's that's the big news this week for uh, for this and uh, what's happening with the whole Activision act acquisition kind of always always tongue tie that every week and i say every week because we seem to talk about every week (laughs) it never Um, ends it's never ending but uh you know it's i'm strangely excited about this like and the reason being is like the switch hardware is technically not better than the xbox one technically speaking so 
given how it runs on the Xbox One, I want to see how this runs on Nintendo Switch. I already saw how Apex Legends runs on Switch, and it's not pretty. So I really want to see how Call of Duty runs, especially with online, you know, and how that works out. Well, Apex Legend um, was also rebuilt. So it, yeah. it runs better now. Yeah. Okay. That's true. That's true. Uh, and this is supposed to be down the road. They are supposed to be working on these exclusively, not exclusively, uh, wrong choice of words, but like as they develop for Nintendo consoles in the future, including the Switch, they're supposed to build it specifically for Nintendo and not port it in, which could be, you know, a solution here for the, uh, the lack of hardware uh, on the console. But it is interesting to know that they're developing for the Switch. Given all the rumors, of course, have been swirling for the last two, three years on a Nintendo Switch 2. Yeah, I mean, the Switch install size, like, that's kind of what they're banking on. It's like there's, you know, so many millions of people that have a Switch that it's just like a faucet you can just turn on. But how many of those people that want to play Call of Duty are already playing it somewhere else and getting a better experience? Like, the switch portability like that's that's the fun thing for me for people or switch exclusive things but like nobody's gonna want to like 720p wi-fi around their house with block men shooting ps5 people like that's not really gonna happen i don't think well i think it really depends on situations and i I was you know watching videos from a guy who was very big playstation guy you know not as much nintendo but had a switch and loved doom and i remember when doom got ported to the switch doom 2016 at first he was like oh you know like this is you know whatever and then he had a kid and he's like i'll be honest i'm with my kids so much that i can't be next to my playstation and all that but i'm but with the switch portability i'm able to rock him and play doom and it plays great and I'm able to continue playing and like the light bulb went on like, oh, that that is a great opportunity for this. And that's just it. If you if you have an 8K TV, a PlayStation 5, you want to play Call of Duty with the big surround sound, you're going to do it. You're already doing it. But sometimes situations change and you can't do that all the time. This is an alternative. And I think that's another reason they're banking on it is because of that portability and that, that alternative. Uh, I'm just now envisioning Barry, a dad rocking his baby as he explodes demons on a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> I think that baby rocking too fast, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. So, I mean, the the biggest caveat here is going to be: can Switch or can Nintendo pull it off in the online space? Like, people don't want to have to pull their phone out to get on a different voice chat app and send out a bunch of friend codes to get the clan together at night. Maybe, <laughs> maybe as part of this deal, Microsoft will help Nintendo with their online. <laughs> Listen, Nintendo, we're giving you 10 years of switch. <laughs> we're also bringing discord in the room. They're going to have a nice discussion with you yeah. and we're going to bump those servers up. We're going to clean the whole house up. Why don't you just come on over to Microsoft? Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll buy you. We'll buy Forget you. Activision. They we're buying Nintendo already. now. Yeah, they, they, did. Laughed, they did. I got left out of there. I know, right? And now they're getting Call of Duty agreements. You know, you know, it's just it's going to be interesting to see. What what you mentioned about new versions as opposed to ports is is definitely risky because it costs 
money to port and it costs even more money to do a new version from the ground mm -hmm. up. Now, we saw that a lot with the Wii, Call of Duty specifically, um, and a lot of that was because of the PS2 and the PSP. It allowed third parties to say, oh, I'm going to build a new version of Sonic Unleashed to put Sonic on the, on the Wii, but we're also porting it to the PS2. We're also porting it PSP. So it made sense at that time. The only way that could be is if they port it to the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 and release older versions for the older systems in that way to try and make more money off of that build. And I can see them doing that. Like, oh, here's here's the Call of Duty on the Switch and the Xbox One, and that's the that version. And the new Call of Duty has an Xbox One or Series X version that's even better. Um, I can see them doing that. But again it really comes down to money and it comes down to what's a, what's going to happen uh, after 10 years. But I really think what, when Microsoft is banking on a new switch, like there's going to be a new Nintendo system within those 10 years. There has to be. So they're banking on that being more powerful to make it easier. I think, <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you know, not, <laughs> you could always build those in parity to work with, uh, you know, high end phones too. That's true. Switch you and know, a high end it's... phone aren't too far apart. Yeah, you know, it's really going to suck is if um, if Nintendo drops the ball again on this, you know, <laughs> with Wait, the next Switch. It with depends Switch if it's plus portable you? If well, it's portable, yeah. it can't be as powerful because portability would heat up too much. They have those factors. Yeah. No, I mean, drop the balls and like what well, we got the Wii to the Wii U and now to Switch to whatever comes out, you know. It has to be a, a good name. It can't yeah. be confusing. Uh, Super Nintendo Switch. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Well, even Switch Two, people would understand it's a two. Numbers work. Plus, so, so oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Xbox, it's the new gaming. Switch plus U, XL, <laughs> XL, Super Nintendo yeah. Switch U, Light XL. Eye. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> well, uh, we'll be hot into uh, Nintendo Switch rumors here pretty soon. I'm sure. I keep seeing them pop up. I haven't talked about them yet, Ryan, with you, but. Um, <laughs> I remember me getting sick of talking about Switch rumors like a year or two ago. Yeah, <laughs> well, stuff. guess what? They're coming back. <laughs> All right. Uh, and you know why they might be coming back is because the PS5 is starting to overtake the Nintendo Switch in Japan, at least for one month. Uh, PlayStation sales were actually up 450%. Uh, Jordan Miller at Video Game Chronicle uh, brought us this one. So, you know, not a, a huge deal, but I think it kind of speaks to the aspect of, you know, in Japan, the Nintendo Switch has been selling like crazy and it's gotten to a point now or just recently, uh, Sony was able to sell over a hundred thousand units more, uh, in a month. Uh, and so year over year, they're actually 450% higher in Japan, uh, which is not surprising. I mean, you had, you know, supply chain issues and everything that happened a year prior, um, so it's definitely understandable that X amount of units were sold in Japan uh, last year, uh, around 65,000. And now you're seeing uh, 366,000, really 367,000 units moved this month. Um, I will say that when you look at the best-selling games, though, uh, within Japan, it is completely loaded with Switch games. You've yeah, got, it's always Switch. Yeah, Pokemon Scarlet Violet, Splatoon 3, Fire Emblem Engage, Kirby, Return to Dreamland, Mario Kart 8 at number five and then the rest of it's like literally nintendo switch all the way through except for minecraft hogwarts, hogwarts legacy um yeah hogwarts minecraft and uh gran turismo 7 yeah here. everything else is just nintendo it's kind of insane so um japan loves nintendo 
that's something we all know and they love PlayStation, but apparently not as much. Yeah, I've been watching a guy on YouTube for a while, uh, Spawnwave. He does good news every morning. Uh, once a week, he usually reports like what's going on on the Famitsu charts just to see where all the new game releases rank, go over like, you know, how the consoles are selling. So I've been watching this for a while, seeing, you know, Nintendo always hitting top spot, most units sold. Uh, and then once PlayStation 5 started coming out, you know, they were still selling more units, but Sony was making more money per unit. So technically they were topping that chart. I just yeah. realized something in reading this information and it just kind of dawned on me. Uh, you know how Japan recently approved the acquisition for Activision? Mm -hmm. Doesn't it make sense that they would? Because if you think about it, they're only Did I talk about this last week. Yeah, but we didn't go into this deal. Their only big competitor is Sony. Microsoft has no footprint or a very little footprint. And now with that relationship that they're developing for Call of Duty for 10 years, let's say Sony doesn't get Call of Duty for 10 years. And now you've got Nintendo rolling in with Call of Duty. Doesn't that take away Japanese players from PlayStation to go play that on the Nintendo Switch? I don't think it's, I don't know. it's not going to be off Sony. It's going to be still on Sony. Well, yeah, you would think so. They, are there? I mean, they did the whole thing with Nintendo to be like, "Look, we're playing ball with everybody. This is how much we're going to play ball with everybody. Is that we're going to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo? That that's all think, it is. I think Sony would be happy to let people play Call of Duty on Switch, oh, they rather than an Xbox, because no. those people already own a Switch there. Like, as long as they're not buying a third console to compete with. It just makes sense that a Nintendo would be playing ball with Microsoft within Japan, obviously, for obvious reasons. That's yeah. their biggest competitor with Sony. So, of course, we'd be like, hey, Sony, screw you. Like, we're <laughs> going to play ball with Microsoft because why not? Right. Um, it, it totally makes sense. The, the more I look at that as to why Japan specifically. Uh, well, I guess it really doesn't matter because like that affects all of Japan unless Nintendo is like lying in pockets in Japan to be like approve this right now. Um, I think Nintendo is just sitting back and not even paying attention to it. They're like, all they right, just yeah, enjoy whatever. it, I, dude. They don't even pay. Like, come on, like we've seen their hardware; they're not paying attention to what's current. <laughs> they never As, are. As for the the MPD numbers, there's another factor into why Sony um, beat out Nintendo this month. Besides the supply chain issues, besides the fact that a lot of people in Japan already own Switches, as you said, the Switch sales are definitely high but there was one thing released in february that hogwarts that, well not that, that i mean that was but that's not what i was talking about there's one thing released in february that can't be overlooked in terms of sales and that's the psvr2 that oh, came yeah. out in february and if you want to play that you need a system so now that they're mm. more readily available there could be a group of people in japan that want the vr2 and waited and bought a ps5 now while they could to play the vr2 i don't know the percentage but i'm i'm sure it's a factor yeah yeah, yeah. that's definitely not something i had considered you know i always imagined at some point they would make like a bundle to put both together for like a thousand dollars or something but when the price finally came out i was like ah that's not gonna happen they sony isn't smart about that when when the ps4 came out if you remember <clears throat> the ps3 was doing well but it was on its way out and the vita was struggling and they were pushing remote play with ps3 to, to vita and ps4 to vita and i said when they showed up the ps4 back then on, on every podcast I went on, I said, if Sony's smart, 
they're going to bundle a PS4 with a Vita. Just do an extra bundle, 100 extra dollars to get a Vita. It'll grow the Vita's install base. It'll keep the system going. You push that remote play, and they're golden. And you know what they did? They didn't do that, and the Vita died. So Sony is not going to be smart about bundling things up. They yeah, make as much I, as possible. I will say they did bundle a PS4 Pro in my uh, Sony TV, so that got me to buy those two things. Oh. That's two so different was that divisions. Sony or Best Buy? That was probably the Sony TV division doing that. Yeah, it was probably, and they're <laughs> smart. Yeah, you know, the collector's edition box for that uh, Sony TV was not worth keeping. Um, <laughs> I'm just, can you imagine if they actually had like, you know, at the time? Let's just picture this: if it was like Crash Bandicoot chilling on the side of a PlayStation Four and hand on a Sony TV box. I wonder how many people out there would be willing to say, yeah, I'll keep that in my collection. 55 yeah, inch TV. Hang box. it right on the garage wall. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Talking back to our conversation while back on trying to throw away boxes. Right. All right. Uh, all right. Let's, let's dive into our inflation deflation rhyme. Let's do so, it. So this week we played eldest souls. Well, technically last week and we kind of spoiled that last week. Uh, so we played eldest souls It's developed by fallen flag studio it was published by United Label. I almost hit myself of my own typo on this one. I put United, so good thing I remembered United. It was released in 2020. It's a boss rush action game, uh, Souls-like. Reception is anywhere from a 6 to an 8 out of 10, depends on where you're looking. Uh, I pulled this from Metacritic because it's kind of hard to find anything outside of like the website for Eldest Souls, like 8.5, 8, and just all the high scores. Mm -hmm. I wanted something that was a little more kind of balanced. Um, overall plot. So Eldest Souls is a unique boss rush souls like experience in Eldest Souls. The old gods have broken free of their long imprisonment and are determined to wreak a terrible vengeance on all of those who defied them, unleashing a great desolation upon the world. Farmlands turn to deserts, rivers to dust. One final hope for humanity remains. Players must take on the role of a lone warrior, a lone warrior for a single mission. And I would say, Ryan, that lone warrior is to destroy the old gods. So this is a pretty badass game. It's like it's got that roguelite type of feel to it, but very much souls like in terms of what you're actively doing. Um, you have this giant ass blade that you start out with. Uh, you don't have any and what we played because we got stuck, obviously, on the second boss. Uh, you don't have any enemies right off the bat. Of course, there are enemies built in. And you, your character has a number of different abilities that they're able to utilize. Um, so one of them is like streaking across uh, with like a flash. Um, you get three of those. Uh, you have the ability to use um, Ryan. What was it? it was like a blood here? Let me blood mechanic. Let me take this, John. I always go, go ahead. Try to ahead. explain game mechanics. Uh, yeah, stuff. You, you are so much better at game mechanics than I am. Go on. So uh, your character in this game, you really only have like a main action of attacking and dodging. You can charge up your attack. Uh, as it charges, you will lunge forward and deliver like a huge blow, but it also puts you into like this bloodlust mode where as you do damage, you will recover HP. So unlike a normal Souls-like game where you've got like your Estus Flask or some sort of limited healing item, this is really get in, do the fight, get your health back. So it's all about the combat, dancing in and out of ranges of your opponent and trying to, you know, make sure that you're dealing enough damage when you're in the bloodlust mode, you deal like, like four or five times the amount of damage as opposed to your normal little hits. So it's really a lot of, you know, trying to make sure that you're, uh, 
timing is good and like john said with your dodges you only get like three dodges so like at a normal souls game where everything is kind of on this endurance meter uh you can attack as much as you want but those dodges take a while to recharge back up and that's kind of the main thing that we got stuck on is like trying to fight this second boss be able to avoid enough attacks get into position charge up dash in deal enough damage and then get back out while also trying to hopefully still have another dodge left when that next attack comes. It's a lot about learning patterns. Um, the art style is just great. Amazing. Um, lots of very nice detail in there. A lot of the, I don't know, just that it's got that oppressive, overwhelmingly large kind of opponent feel that you get in those souls like games. And it really came across you know, a lot better, I think. Like, I, I didn't really play a whole lot of Salt and Sanctuary, but, like, that was my first, like, here's, like, a 2D Souls-like kind of game. You know, this is a lot more akin to what I would like out of, like, a 2D uh, Souls-like game, I think. One of the things that you didn't mention was also a fighting-style mechanic that's also incorporated into the game. So as you level up, you get different types of fighting styles with different abilities that can link up to that bloodlust. So oh, I didn't know the one that. that we The one that we were able to unlock um, allowed us to do like a bunch of shards and like daggers that came in to deal extra damage. So if I don't know if you had noticed when we were playing, but I would do my charge-up. I'd go in to heal my health, and then I would go ahead and unleash that specific oh, attack yeah. to shoot up more health. And so that's how I actually got to the second form on that second boss. Um, and of course, we were running out of time. And that second boss was absolutely bonkers when when we got to that part um, where, he, where he changed into his other form. And it was like, just it was insane, dude. Like yeah, he had we like the uh, Princess Mononoke, like slug arm thing kind of shooting out at you. Yeah, yeah, it was like all the tentacles would come out. And, and so we we kind of figured out like how to get past that. But time obviously permitting and i could sense if we had the time we probably would have continued to try and beat that boss and i think that was just a testament as to you know how much i like the game the fact that i could sit back and say i want to keep playing this i just want to keep rolling through and try and beat this boss because it became addicting very quickly Mm -hmm. i think that the oh go ahead oh i was gonna say barry i have a feeling you're looking up the game right now yeah it, it looks really cool I think that the um, there was like a skill tree or something, right? Like when we unlocked that ability, that's, did we choose one ability and there was like a bunch more stuff on there? There there were other things that we could have selected from. Um, or I, I don't say selected from. I take that back. There were other things that are selectable, but we were, of course, put into that first tutorial one as mode. a tutorial. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, all right, so brass tax on this. Uh, I don't remember what I bought it for new. I want to say it was like 30 bucks new. And then shipping, so like about $35. But complete in box, it's looking like it's $25.34 right now. Um, I put that it's at its peak, and I put NA on trending because it just came out on physical media. Same thing for loose, uh, $22.04 as a loose copy. I don't know how people are rolling around with loose copies yet. But if you were looking to get it digitally, uh, you can buy it on uh, the PlayStation Store and other stores for $19.99. And then it's also available on Steam at $19.99 as well. So 
personally speaking, I'm going to be a little biased here, but you know, I think at 25, 34 to own a physical game that we did not have to download any sort of firmware updates for. It was complete. It was good to go. I think that this game would be deflated. I think that it is worth that 25, 34. Um, it, it's certainly worth the $30. I would buy it again uh, at this point based on what I've played. And uh, it is one that I'm going to revisit. Nice. I'll, I'll agree with that. I'll throw it in. Nice. I, ju- I just checked my uh, catalog. I actually have it physical because it came out. I have it on the Switch. <laughs> I was like, there you go. I, I felt like I, I, I like, I'm thinking of the name. I'm like, I feel like I've cataloged that already. Like, so yeah, I have it. Whether when I get the time, I have no idea. Too many games <laughs> coming out this year, and a kid in the way, and the puppies. Like, I don't know about time, but it sounds great. Like, I was just looking it up in the footage, and like, it looks like a lot of fun. So yeah. Oh yeah. For, for 25, 30 bucks, no brainer. Yeah, yeah, next time you want to, you know, sit around and beat your head against a soul's like, there you go, another option. Yep, there you go. By the way, have have either of you tried out um what is it? Wulong Wulong no. No, no. I I need to. I've heard it's like insanely hard and yeah, that's my type of game. I've heard too, it's so. easier. That, I go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard people say, but it's extremely difficult. Like, there's the bad reviews that you see on like Amazon and Best Buy and stuff, where people are like, "This game is too hard." Like, I'm not going to play it. I'm like, "All right, well, it sounds like my type of game." Pussies. It's on Game Pass, <laughs> I think. See, I I have too many games that I want to play that I don't have time to throw my head against the wall on on a, a game that's too hard. Like. I, I like too many RPGs, like even Octopath, I'm like 80 plus hours in now, and I'm still only on the seventh out of eighth story. So nice. it's like, yeah, I, I and there's only one you know, natural difficulty there, but I don't have time to throw my head against the wall. I just want to play and relax and enjoy. But yeah, I mean, glad you do. <laughs> I'm with, look, I, I'm with you. I get it. I mean, there's something different about the fact that like you're just constantly dying in a game and you finally get past that one boss. And you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I just went through like an hour and a half of trying to beat this guy to, to finally getting past it, moving on. There's something satisfying about that, but I'm with you too. Like I, I like easy games and sometimes I'll play games on easy mode just to get through it, to enjoy it. And like, I, for God's sakes, I beat super lucky tale last year. Oh, I love that That's, game. That was... Yeah. It's fantastic. Fantastic game. I love it. It's a kid's game though. Yep. Right. And it's it's great it's fun and so those are types of things i like to play as well so i'll play anything but i just love that challenge it comes with those souls type games i i like it to a point like i beat elden ring uh and i never thought i would but i beat it i got hooked into it but one of the main reasons i was able to beat it is because the ability to summon a spirit to help you and if i couldn't summon a spirit to help because i played the whole game offline I did not play it online. So if I couldn't summon a spirit to at least help me offline, I probably wouldn't have beat it because there were times where it would tank and I would allow me to roll away and use a potion and get back into the fray. Um, yeah. So I like that where it gives you an option or you could use something to help you out or you don't have to. And Well, and that's, it. that's why I think a lot of people don't like Wulong. I, I don't know about the whole summoning thing in the game. I haven't looked into it too much, but a lot of people are saying it's similar to Sekido and Sekido. You can't summon anyone in. there's no spirits. There's no like NPC spirits. You could summon in. There's no people you could summon in. It's just you parrying everything that you can to try and win. And uh, it's easily my favorite game because of that challenge. And, and mainly because of the lore as well. I think it's just a fantastic story. Um, so yeah, Wulong is on my list. Uh, now it is at least um, just kind of curious if you guys have done anything with it. Just heard so. about it. That's it. Yeah, just yeah. heard about it. Cool. 
All right. Well, uh, fun episode this week, Barry. Appreciate you coming on again. If you want to remind those that stuck around where they can find you. Uh, yeah, so you could find me on Twitter at Hawk Hellfire. You could also find uh, Nintendo Fuse at NintendoFuse.com, uh, YouTube.com slash NintendoFuse, and Twitch NintendoFuse plus at NintendoFuse on Twitter, uh, where every other Monday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern we do our own podcast. Uh, so our next one is going to be this upcoming Monday, the 13th. Uh, and for Premium Edition Games, you can go to PremiumEditionGames.com where you could pre-order games like Phenotopia Awakening on PlayStation 4 and coming up Music Racer Ultimate on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, as well as some of our previous Switch games that are still available for pre-order and a bunch of Switch games that are available right now in stock that you could get. Plus, we got a vinyl on there. We got books on there. We got a bunch of other stuff. So check it out. You can find us on Twitter at Premium Edition 1 and everywhere else at Premium Edition Games. Thank you, sir. And I forgot to plug us at the beginning, but you can find us at thegameinflators.com or out of the website. Uh, YouTube, we're on there. We've got our recordings that come up on there as well. So hit the little bell, subscribe, find some shorts. We're trying to do that as much as we can now as well. Uh, you can also find us on social media at the Game Deflators on Instagram and Facebook at Game Deflators on Twitter. Uh, you can catch us on the podcast app you're listening to right now, as well as any other podcast application out there. If we're not on it, let us know. We'll try to be on it. And of course, leave us a five star review. Thank I'm you. getting better at that every week, Ryan. Every week. I know. I'm waiting for you to update the website and then still say our out of date website. It's it's going to stay out of date. Yeah. It'll, it'll, our YouTube, it's, it was a miracle for me to get our YouTube up to date. Uh, but it is, we release a new thing every week now. So it's nice. All right. Well, that all being said, it has been a pleasure to have Barry on this week's episode. So thanks again. The honor was all mine. Thank you for having me. Thanks. So this has been episode 226 of the Game of Flavors podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan. And I'm Barry. And thanks for. He's very. I always mess it up you every mess time. It, every time I'm on here, we do that. Every time, every time we do that. Ah, oh. so we'll get it one of these days. One we'll of these get days. It. on the next one. On the next <laughs> one. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>